Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, we come before you tonight and we humbly submit to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We acknowledge Father Almighty God that he is our teacher, comforter, he is our strength and helper. We yield to his ministry in its entirety. We pray that he gives us insight, wisdom and brevity, but he also, Father Almighty God, articulates your word such that we, O Lord, are changed and we leave from before your feet different people. We pray, Father Almighty God, for insight into your word. We pray also, Father Almighty God, for things that will guide us, things we can hold on to, things that will strengthen us. Father, we just thank you. For each person, O oh Lord, that joins that requires a miracle, we ask that, Father, in the time that we are together, that you honor their cry. We thank you for those that are joining by podcast. We are most grateful for that. And we pray that they are as blessed as we are tonight. Father, we just give you thanks, praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' most holy name. Amen and amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, good evening. So tonight, we're going to be picking up from where we left off last week. And where we left off last week, we're looking at how God brings in the new. And hopefully that... Um, this study is a blessing to you, helping you understand what God is doing at this particular point in time and helping you step into what God wants us to do and be at this particular point in time. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we continue tonight, we're going to continue in our journey. Remember, we've covered two subjects. You can listen to them again. Um, and so we the first thing we covered, which was two weeks ago, was that the new is always about God. Whenever the Lord is bringing the new in, he is the focus, and that's what we acknowledge. The second thing, and this is what we covered last week, that God will always precede the new with revelation. He will reveal himself. He will do it through his word and his relationship with us. And so we spoke about that last week. And so this week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue our, our journey into this, and we're going to continue um our journey into um studying the new and we're going to pick up on the on a particular topic and the topic today is this the first thing we're going to look at and we're going to look at two parts of this the two things side by side the first thing we're going to look at ladies and gentlemen is this that god the father god the son and god the holy spirit whenever they are bring when god is bringing in the new that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit work together. And so we're going to have a look at that. And so can you please, um, to start tonight, turn in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to read, I'll read from 15, and I will stop at verse 19. I will also, actually, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic Version of the Bible. And so Matthew chapter 16, and I'm going to read from verse 15, and I'm going to stop at verse 19. Um, I'm going to stop at verse 19. So I've got my Bible to my right, and that's why I'm looking. It seems like I'm looking away. And the Bible says the following. He said to them, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. But who do you yourselves say that I am? So that's Matthew 16, verses 15, and we're going to read to 19. Who do you yourselves say that I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 17, then Jesus answered him, blessed, or depending how you want to say it, blessed or blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood, men have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. We spoke about this last week. And I tell you that you are Peter, Greek, Petros, a large piece of rock. 
And on this rock, Greek Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. Verse 19, and Jesus says the following, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize as we read this passage, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And in verse 19, he presents to us a reality. And the reality is this, that there is a process going on in heaven. When God wants to do something, there is a process going on in heaven that we on earth have to interact with so that we may be effective. And so this is what he says. He says that after he's gone through explaining that Peter is blessed and the fact that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church or the legislative assembly, as you may find it in different versions of the Bible, you realize he then says in verse 19, he begins to explain the process that goes on in the invisible. And the reason I say that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Lord is speaking to you. He's drawing us into the new. And we are looking at this in detail, but this is something we have to understand. And so he says to Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind, declare to be improper. That means your role is to either bind on earth or loose on earth, but you will not do it randomly like somebody cuts you up in traffic and you say right i'm going to bind that person so they don't arrive where they're going that's not what the, jesus says he says based upon what is revealed to you from heaven you will on earth declare the will of the lord and so this is where we realize notice in the amplified it says what you bind declare to be improper or unlawful must be what is already bound in heaven so and the and the converse is true that means whatsoever you loose on earth must be what is already loosed or already a reality in heaven and we're going to look at that and that's the process so when the lord is bringing the new into the world we realize this is how God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit work together. And this process we have to interact with so that we can be effective. So let me read to you um, Matthew, uh, Matthew 16, and I'll read verse 18, but I'll read it to you in two versions of the Bible, and that will give us some clarity. Matthew chapter 16, and I'm going to read verse 18 verse a let me get where am i now verse 17 i'm going to verse 18 verse 18 i'm going to read it from darby's translation just one verse one verse and this is what it says in darby's translation and i also i say unto thee that thou art peter and on this rock i will build my assembly and Hades' gates shall not prevail against it. So Jesus refers to the church as his assembly. I will also read that verse to you in the Passion Translation, and that gives it more clarity, and it will, and that will draw us into understanding a little bit more about what this script, what this verse says. The Bible says the following. I give you the name, and I'm reading the Passion Translation. I give you the name Peter, a stone, and th this truth of who 
I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, hyphen, my legislative assembly. The power of death will not be able to overpower it. So we realize, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord has called us, the word legislative assembly is the Greek word ecclesia, the called out ones, but there is a part we have to play on earth so that we can interact with what God is doing in heaven. That's why today is very important for us to know what that process is. And legislative assembly means what we say on earth stands. That's our job. We can legislate. We can pass decrees that affect the earth and pass decrees that stand in the heavens so that things go the way the Lord wants them to go. It's not something we do randomly, but we do it based upon what is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. We spoke about that last week, and this is just a continuation from there. So one other scripture to, to clarify this, ladies and gentlemen, um, could you please come with me to John chapter 16? Jesus explains this process, John 16, from 13 to 15. And I'm going to read it first in the King James Version of the Bible, and then I will read it in the Amplified Classic Version of the Bible so that um, it's becomes clear john 16 verses 13 to 15 the bible says the following Howbeit, when he the spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come verse 14 he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Verse 15, all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what this scripture is speaking about is when the Lord wants to introduce the new into the world. When the Lord wants to get something done, he will, Jesus now articulates that this is the process that happens in heaven. And this is the process we have to interact with. So let's go through those verses slowly. And I will also read the same verses, um, John 16 verses 13 to 15, and I'll read them in the Amplified Classic, and then we'll go through it um, verse by verse to get a clear picture. Amplified Classic of John 16, reading from verse 13, says the following, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth, for he will not speak his own message but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. Let's keep reading verses 14 and 15, and then we'll break it down. He will honor and glorify me because he will take of receive draw upon what is mine and will reveal declare disclose transmit it to you everything that the father has is mine that is what i meant when i said that he the spirit will take the things that are mine and will reveal declare disclose transmit it to you so ladies and gentlemen when the lord wants to tell when you hear from the lord that this is um i've got a few questions and i will answer them those are those are absolutely fantastic literally the question i've got we're just about to answer fantastic question 
So this is how we know the, this is the process that Jesus was speaking about in Matthew 16, verses 15 to 19. The first thing we realize is the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals the mind of God. Now, we looked at this last week, and I'll go back to it just so we're clear. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, Jesus says he's not speaking on his own direction. He is telling you what the Father has told him, and he is passing the message on to you and I. So how do we know what is bound in heaven or what is loosed in heaven or what persists in heaven? The Holy Spirit tells us. The Bible, we looked, and we're going to look at that now. So we realize when the Holy Spirit reveals something to us, when he begins to show us that this is what's going to happen, we realize he's not doing it on his own back. The Father has told him, this is what I want to do, or this is what I want to happen, or this is what I want to show up in that person's life. This is what I want to show up, or this is what is loosed. This is what is bound. That's, that, that's where it comes from. But let me show you that in another scripture, and I'll come back. Please turn with me. We'll come back to John 16, 13. That's going to be our basis for a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to read from verse 9, and I'm going to read in the King James Version of the Bible, and I'm going to stop at verse 11. The Bible says the following, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Verse 10 says, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Verse 11, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So we realize, ladies and gentlemen, when God wants to reveal something about the new, when he wants to show you what's going to come next, what step to take, what things to say, the whole he will tell the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will then tell us. The reason I say this, and it, it, this is why it's really important. When you hear that, when the Holy Spirit tells you in whatever way he makes it clear to you, whatever way the Holy Spirit speaks to you, please be assured what you are hearing is the will and mind of God the Father. It is God's will and plan. But this is, this is the process. So this is how we get to know what is going on in the invisible. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit allows us to know this. Now, we're going to, we're going to in, the, um, in a few minutes, we're going to break down how that works. But this is also what I'd love you to understand. The next thing you'll notice, the Bible says in John 16, verse 13, that he will show you things to come. So show, the in the Old English verse, S-H-E-W, show, is not just to show you a picture. It means to demonstrate, to make alive, to literally, to make clear and empower. It's something a lot more. The word used is to declare. And so we realize when the Holy Spirit wants to nudge you towards tomorrow, he will begin to declare to your spirit that this is what's coming, this is what um, God wants to do. Now, sometimes we may not be able to hear him. We're gonna come, back, come to that in a moment. When that happens, what usually happens is you will begin to feel an impression. You will begin to get restless. You will begin to sense that something is changing. 
When things like that happen, when you're restless like that, James chapter one, verse five, James chapter one, verse five says, when you're feeling like that, go and ask God why. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, the ability to apply the knowledge that they have. The Bible says that you should ask the Lord who gives liberally and he does not upbraid. So what you begin to realize is when the Holy Ghost wants to get your attention, sometimes all you'll feel is an impression. Sometimes he will show you a dream. Sometimes he will open up the Bible. Sometimes he will use a sermon. Sometimes he will speak to you directly in prophecy. Sometimes he will speak to you by the voice that's on your inside. That's a whole new world. But what I want you to understand is he will tell you that this is what is going on in the heavens. That's why prayer is great. Now, the reason I'm going to, I'm actually, I'm before I move on from here, let me say one other thing. This is where praying in the spirit is wonderful. And I'll go there very briefly. First Corinthians 14. And I'm going to read verse two. First Corinthians 14, verse two. The Bible says, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God for no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Mysteries are revealed things, revealed secrets. And ladies and gentlemen, so as you spend time praying in the spirit, if especially just praying in the spirit, not asking for anything, just praying, one of the things that the Holy Ghost will do is he will make clear what God is saying as you pray in the spirit, as you speak mysteries, but praying in the spirit, ladies and gentlemen, it does something. Jude chapter one, verse 20, the Bible says, and you, my beloved, build up your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. So as you pray in the spirit, your inner man get stronger and stronger and then God's able to speak to you clearer and clearer. So ladies and gentlemen, as you spend time walking with the Holy Spirit, you will begin to realize Jesus said he will reveal to you the things that are going on in the invisible. For us, we must realize that sometimes the Holy Spirit will cause you to notice something. And what does he want you to do? He wants you to speak God's will, to say a prayer in that situation. He wants you to literally say a prayer. Um, I've got another question and I'll come to that because it's, it's one of the wonderful things about walking with God. Praying in the spirit does build you. It is. It does help, and it is a gift. Well, we can. That is something that the Bible says that the Lord will give to all believers, and sometimes it takes time to show up in different believers' lives. But that doesn't mean you are totally hampered, because as you read the Bible, as you pray in your understanding, as you spend time in worship, as you listen to messages. The Holy Spirit who is present on your inside, he will speak to you and show you these are the things that God is saying. Yes, praying in the spirit is of great advantage, but let's be clear. Once you are saved, you have a measure of the Holy Ghost sufficient to get you from where you met the Lord until you walk into heaven. The Bible says that in John chapter 4 where Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well and so don't panic if oh I can't pray in the spirit therefore I can't hear the Holy Ghost that's not true the Holy Ghost can speak to you like I said through the Bible through messages through others through words and he will get through to you 
in a way that you understand. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a blessing, and we will go through that on another day. And it's something that you can pray for, and God will make that a reality. It's not something that you're going to struggle with. But hopefully that allays your fears. Oh, I can't pray in the spirit yet. That means I can't hear the Holy Ghost. That's not the case. The Holy Spirit has a myriad of ways to speak to you, and he will do so as you walk with him. Great question. So going back to John chapter 16, verse 13. So we realize the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. He will tell us literally what is going on. He's our guide. So he intimates us. This is what's happening in the invisible. The Bible says that he will not speak of himself, but he will only say the things that he hears from the Lord and he will show you things to come. The second verse we're going to look at is John 16, verse 14. Jesus says the following, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Now, let me explain what that means. When the Holy Spirit, when the Lord says to the Holy Spirit, this is what I want to happen, before the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he reaches into the finished work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that when the Holy Spirit presents something to you, when he presents the will of the Lord to you, it is already a reality in heaven. Jesus says, whatever I have won, Whatever I have be, whatever I have received by where God has conferred it to me, what I've received by inheritance. And we'll look at a couple of those things. The Holy Spirit, when God says, this is what I want to happen, the authorization for it to happen is resting in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'll show you where that is. And then, so when the Holy Spirit says, this is what's on your path, whether it be business, whether it be marriage, whether it be direction, whether it be, you know, declare God's will over this area, declare God's will over your child, declare God's will over your health, speak God's word as you're going to work, speak God's word over a business. He's the authorization for it to happen is sitting in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So by the time God says, say this now, or he points you to a future, know for a fact it's not a maybe, but it is a definite. Turn with me just to back this up so that we understand there are two things I want to look at. First, let me go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. The Bible says of Jesus Christ, for all the promises of God, that means where God says, I will do this, whether it be by nature, by character, by dictate, or by word, says, for all the promises of God in him, that's Jesus Christ, are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. That means when God's finished work becomes a reality in your life, God will be glorified. When the promises, so when the Holy Spirit says, this is God's promise concerning you. This is what God is going to do concerning you. This is what God wants you to declare now at this particular point in time. It is already a permitted reality because of the victory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, when the Bible says he will glorify me, because notice, listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 14, and we'll read from verse 12. John 14, and I'm going to read from verse 12, and I'll stop at verse 14. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Verse 13, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So when the Holy Spirit presents to you a tomorrow, when he makes you, when he causes you to sense an expansion, when he causes you to declare over your life health, healing, prosperity, whatever it may be, what I want you to realize is the power to get it done and the authority to get it done is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when you receive God's word on anything, know for a fact, <clears throat> excuse me, it is a reality. This is how we interact with the process of the invisible. So ladies and gentlemen, what does the Holy Ghost do? He will tell you, like, um, I'm, I'm looking for a really good, yes, a, a, a really good example. Think about it. When the Lord says, let's say you're praying for something and, you know, you're praying for a, a house. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will say, right, pray now or declare it to be so now or go down this street or call the estate agent. When you see the miracle happen, it is because God's will and what Jesus has won combine and all of a sudden the power and the permission for what you will declare on earth become a reality. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what Jesus is explaining. He said the Holy Spirit will be your guide. He will teach you all things john chapter 14 verse 26 that he will teach you he will instruct you and what will he instruct you to do keep in mind the fact that we are a legislative assembly so when the holy spirit declares tomorrow um declares tomorrow um tomorrow to us or he declares God's will to us, or he declares God's intent to us, what I want you to realize that it is a reality in the spirit. Our job is to speak as a legislative assembly. So it is your job to speak into, the, into this realm what God is saying in the invisible, thus causing what God intends to happen to happen. The key element is time. You can declare something now. For it to become a reality may take a season of time. Sometimes it's immediate. At other times, it takes a while. And so what you realize, ladies and gentlemen, we always declare God's will in faith. That means the circumstances do not dictate my confidence in what I'm saying, but God's personality and character dictate my confidence in what I am saying. Let's go to John chapter 16. Let's go to the last bit, John chapter 16, and we're going to go to verse 15. John 16, verse 15. And so all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore, said I, he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. We realize, ladies and gentlemen, that God has conferred on Jesus Christ. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He conferred everything on him that at your name everything will either stand or fall let me show you where that is so you realize 
that this was the reward God gave to Jesus Christ for literally going through and becoming our savior as he promised. Turn with me to Philippians 2 and we'll go from verse 5. And I'm going to read from verse 5 to verse 11 and then I will take you and then I'll take you to verse, uh, then we'll go to Revelation chapter five. And I've got a question in the, in the, in the chat and I, I'll answer it as we go on. The Bible says, Philippians 2 verse five, just so we realize that all things have been granted to Jesus Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Verse seven, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Verse eight, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Verse nine, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we realize, ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus says he will take of mine, it's because this is what the Lord has conferred on him. This was the reward of his actions. Turn in your Bibles and let's look at what God has conferred on him, and then we will we'll move on to the next one. Please turn with me to Revelation chapter 5, and I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read verse 9. And I'm going to stop at verse, I may read to the end. I may read to verse 14, but I'll start at verse nine. This is a picture of what is a reality in the heavens. We've gone through this before, so I'll just go through this to back up what I'm saying. And they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Verse 10, and has made us unto our God kings and priests. And the Bible said, let me stop there. Notice, ladies and gentlemen, when you think of yourself as a member of the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Bible says you have a dual designation. One, you are to function as a king. Kings make decrees that stand on the earth. They are, that's their element of legislation. They make a decree and the powers and abilities that they have responsibility over move on their behalf. We realize that when we speak as kings, the resources and the hosts of heaven move because we are not saying our words we are speaking the words of god the second thing i want you to realize about our designation ladies and gentlemen is found in the second word and the bible says we are kings first and priests now priests have a unique job they have the ability to speak and interpret the things that are associated with God and the invisible. That means as a priest, you can ask the Lord or you can lift up and offer things to the Lord so that he will, when we say offer, to offer prayers, offer praise, make decrees, speak over the things that he shows you so that he will change the things that are in the invisible. That's where you find you, God will lay on your heart. Let's say your burden, as we've got in the question, you've got the, in, in the chat, let's say your burden concerning knife crime. 
as you spend time in the word and as you spend time going before God, asking for mercy, there will come a point where the Holy Spirit will say, listen, your prayers have been heard. Declare it to crumble now and you'll declare the will of the Lord and leave it. And you will watch as whatever is causing that particular thing, which is an invisible force, begins to dismantle itself slowly. But you wait for that moment. What do you do in the meantime? You present it to God. You lift up your prayers to God. You present the will of the Lord to, the, to God that this is going on. Lord, judge it. Lord, lift up. Lord, see. And then what happens is at a point in time, the Holy Spirit will say, now you can declare that things can move. And you realize the process to dismantle what is you are burdened about, either to dismantle or to build, will kick in. And then from that moment forward, you literally will watch while what you are praying about or what you are lifting up before the Lord literally will just fall apart because you have declared the will of God. And then he goes on to back up what you're saying to cause it to fall to pieces. Why? Because he has told you that this is now a reality in heaven. Declare it on the earth and the results will show up. Sometimes those results are immediate. Sometimes those results take a little while. But be assured when the Lord asks you to do so, things will begin to happen. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says in Revelations 5 verse 10, we shall reign on the earth, not reign as tyrants, but to declare the will and intention of the Lord. This is how we interact with the invisible process in the heavens so that the new becomes a reality. Now, I did digress a little bit there, but it was for our benefit. Let's go to verse 11. Listen to verse 11 and 12. The Bible, and we'll continue reading about the things that Jesus has received, and then we'll move on. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of a thousand. Verse 12 is key. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive the following power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Meaning whatever God intends to do, everything required to make it a reality has been given to the Lamb of God. That means when you ask for something in, or God asks you to declare something in the name of Jesus, all of heaven will back up what you're saying because just like the Bible says in John chapter 16, verses 13 to 15, that the Holy Ghost has reached into what Jesus given it to you to declare. This is what you realize. This is what you've got to hold on to. And when you declare it, the results will be remarkable. But please, please, please keep this in mind. The process of time is God's. That's why when you declare God's will, you always declare it in faith always declare it in faith and so please keep that in mind now i have another question and I'll, I'll get to that before we close out tonight let me go back to john chapter 16 and then this keeps this this will we'll, we will basically wrap that bit up and then we will then we will move on from there john chapter 16 from verse to verse 13 
And so what Jesus was explaining is this is the invisible process that you and I must interact with when God wants to bring the new into the world. And so we've, that, we've explained that, we've covered a lot, and I think that that's relatively clear. And what I also want you to realize, that there, there's a bit more there, but we're good to move on. What I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, the second thing I want you to realize tonight, and it's this, whenever God is going to bring the new into the world, whenever God is going to bring the new into the world, please keep this in mind. He will always work in tandem with a man. That means he will cause, he will work with us. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are working together, but it is his desire and his design that he will work with you and I, as we have just heard, that he will put his word in your mouth so that you and I can declare it. We will speak about this again next week and we'll clarify it, but I wanted to put it here. Now, let's, I've got a, okay, I've got a, I've got a, um, I've got a couple of questions here. The, I've got a question. The first one is, if the Lord does not answer your prayer, do you have to carry on? Now, let me show you what Jesus says. Now, this is many times when we find that, oh, our prayer is not answered or we've asked for it and we can't see the answer. Please keep this in mind. That doesn't mean God is not working on the situation you are presenting to him. It may just take a little bit more time than you realize. And so as you're praying, when let's say you're praying for something and it's not coming through, as long as the Lord does not say, this is not yours, or this is not something I can answer, the Bible says you have to keep on asking. Let me read to you Matthew 7. And I'm going to read from verse 7 and I will read to verse 8 and I'll read it from the Amplify. The first thing is keep on asking and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened to you. So when you're praying for something and it has not come through, don't give up. Because your faith and trust in God is based on his promises or his, and his word rather than your circumstances. So don't give up. Please keep that in mind. Do not give up. So that's the first thing. So if, if you're praying, don't give up. Now, I've also got a question. The question says the following. For clarity, is God's answer always yes? Doesn't God sometimes say no or wait, not now? So let's look at that. The Bible says, notice. Let me go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. And the Bible says the following. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him are men unto the glory of God by us. That means if God makes you a promise, if you can find in the Bible a promise from the Lord, he said it is pre-approved in the word of God. 
That's of no question. So when you are talking about a promise, the answer is yay and amen. But please keep this in mind, whereby we now present God, or we come to God and we present him our will, that this is what I want, not so much that God has said, it is that God, this is a good idea, or this is what I want, or this is what I need, but it is not him telling us, notice, in situations like that, the Lord will bring you round to his will. And I'll show you where that is. And that's why this is something that I want us to keep in mind. The Bible says really clearly, the Bible says really clearly, notice Hebrews 11 verse 6. Hebrews 11 verse 6. I will turn there. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, where we get this yes, no, maybe situation, please remember, that is where we come to God and we have a desire or a hope and we present it to him and he has to correct us. But where the safest way to pray is to go to God and say, Lord, you give me your will. I will align with your will and make that the foundation of my prayers. And the Bible says in that place, the answer will always be yes. And that's how Jesus prayed. Let me show you. Come with me to John chapter 5. And I'm going to read verses 19 and 20. Verse 19, John 5 verse 19. The Bible says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. I'm going to read this in the Bible in basic English in a moment. Verse 20, the Bible says, for the father loveth the son, just like he loves you and I, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Meaning, Jesus was focused on discovering first, God, what do you want to do in this matter? When he discovered it, he declared it with absolute confidence. And the Bible says in John chapter 11, and I'll find it for you, it's John chapter 11, verse 41 and 42. John 11, 41 and 42. The Bible says, then they, this is at Lazarus's resurrection. Then place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And then he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. So please keep this in mind. Notice, Jesus says, you always hear me, because Jesus always spent time asking God first, what is your will? And I know that to be true because listen to the Lord's prayer, the prayer he taught us where he said, this is how I pray. Come with me. I'm deliberately going over this because this, this question comes up and it's a really good one. And so I want to make sure that we're all clear. So your prayer life 
We'll go to another level. Notice what Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. And I'm just going to I'm going to read it's, it's four verses, 9 to 13. The Bible says, after this manner, therefore, pray. You remember his disciples asked him, teach us how to pray. That's in Luke 11. Same prayer. He says, notice how Jesus prays. He says, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, notice Jesus said, this is how I pray. The first half of the Lord's prayer is submitting yourself to the will of God. What does your name say? What does my relationship with you say? What do I believe you are based upon my knowledge of you and what you've said? What is your will and what is going on in heaven? Jesus said, that's how I pray. And he then says, when I ask for something, it is granted. Ladies and gentlemen, that's where your prayer life needs to go. Okay, great question. There's more that, that scriptures are coming left, right and center, but there's more. Okay, so keep that in mind. All right, keep that in mind. So please keep that in mind that this is what the Lord says. When it comes to prayer, when you have a promise, you can be assured that what will come to pass, okay? Um, let's keep going. That, that's, so basically, ladies and gentlemen, so let's wrap this up for this evening. Um, I've got another question, but I'm not sure. So I've got a question regarding healing. And then the question is in 1 Peter 2.24, where the Bible says that we are healed um, by his by the strategies we were healed and then how does this square up with second corinthians 1 verse 20 the key element you hold on to there is this where god says i will heal you heal you he will he will keep his word that's who he says he is that's what the word says um that's what the bible says so you can hold on to those promises those promises you can declare over your life and your circumstances and the Lord will keep his word to you. Please keep that in mind. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we've come to the end of tonight. And so we've looked at we've looked at the, the invisible process. I hope please go back and listen to this again. Read the scriptures. I hope I've been absolutely clear. But tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as we close and. I realize that there are some people that are obviously still believing God for a miracle. This, please hear me well. The Bible says, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, that Jesus Christ, that through Jesus Christ, you can do all things because he will strengthen you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what you also realize is when you are holding on for a miracle, the strength required will come from your father. When you are holding on and it feels like everything is crumbling, the strength to hold on, the strength to believe, the strength to stick with God will come from your father. And so I pray today that for anybody believing God for a miracle, anybody who has an unanswered prayer, anybody who's holding on and it feels like that you're slipping, ladies and gentlemen, I pray that God will grant you great strength. I pray that God will give you a sufficient amount of strength that you may press in until the miracle becomes a reality. For those of you that are believing God for a miracle and you need one absolutely now, I join my faith with you and I believe with you, whether it's for housing, whether it's for health, whether it's for resources, direction, clarity, hope, work, whatsoever it may be, 
may God grant you exactly what you desire. Ladies and gentlemen, may God be kind to you this week. We've, we're halfway through. We'll pick this up next week from here. May God be kind to you. May your prayer life this week go to another level. Have a most wonderful evening and a most wonderful week. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. The questions have been fabulous. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful evening.